Wow, I'm looking at the screen now and I'm seeing that it's like this is kind of like a little bit of a three-way here with Rachel in the middle. Rachel, this mm. uh, this feels very familiar. Well, she's oh. only in the middle for you. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're you're having the three-way with you're having the three with me, Kirsten. From my perspective. Wow. Now I'm now I'm blushing. Wow. Okay. Um, mm. You know, we have been we have been in a lot of spaces together, so um, oh, yes. Your reputation uh, precedes you. I'm Reed, so sorry, and you'll, and you'll still the have me on way. your show. What are you thinking? <laughs> okay. We are very excited to have you on the show, Reed Mahalko. Is that how I say yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Reed Mahalko. Welcome, Reed Mahalko. Welcome to the Boss Bitch Show podcast. I'm uh, flattered. I mean, I think I need to read the gorgeous intro that he sent us. <gasps> Please do. As seen on Netflix, Chelsea does, along Chelsea Handler, Reed Mahako, he, him, of readaboutsex.com, is an internationally known sex and relationship geek who helps adults create more self-esteem, self-confidence, and greater health and accountability in their relationships and sex lives using an inspiring mixture of humor, Personal story, keen insight, and comprehensive sex health education and information. Yes, incredible. Wow. I, I mean, I, I'm impressed. Of, I mean, we're impressed. <laughs> also, if uh, you, if you have that in a video or audio form of any kind, you're going to need Rachel Green to record that for you because I just, I, uh, <laughs> she is a vo available for voiceover work, and I believe that's the perfect. Uh, Add copy for, for no, her. that's great, and I yes. just I love it. Reed love is well it. acquainted with my mouth. Um, <laughs> and, and and if you could if you can imagine where I'm where I'm sitting, I'm I'm just off camera. I'm holding a little a little cardboard cutout of my penis, and I'm just holding it over Rachel's microphone on the video feed, and I'm just having oh, a whole oh. a whole day. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. we should. Well, we should tell our our listeners. Just so, um, you know. They, they don't why am I on your show? I can't understand why I'm here. You already, Other... You're the perfect person for our show. I already know <laughs> Oh, that. my God. I already know that. We love sex and we love humor. And you are oh. all of yes. those things. And I'm yes. just funny when I have sex. Thank you, Rachel. That <laughs> oh. You know that is wow. far from the truth. Sexual humor is what brought Rachel Green and I together. Yeah, I mean, for sure. She heard yeah. my queef joke, and it was love at first queef. I mean, yes, absolutely. And I told a joke about you know vaginal secretions and best friends forever. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah, truly. I mean, solstice. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that you makes are, a lot of sense. Reed, you are one of my favorite people on the planet, and I've known you for like twenty years, I think. It's Almost. it's been a long time now. I mean, it, it's amazing because we met when we were like two, and now we can legally drink. Um, this is really well. Here's this is really great. Question: I'm gonna just blow the lid off. Oh my Do god! It. Blow it! Blow it! it. So Wait, cheers! Oh, cheers! Water. How lame! I just shots, 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 shots. Right? I am next to my bar, but that would really screw me over. So. Here's 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 the question, Rachel. Have Are we you the designated host? Is that it? You're the no, one not drinking. This no, is good. I, I love maybe, it. Maybe maybe we should have a designated host. Um, Rachel, every time we, we say sex, we drink. 
be hammered by like the <laughs> third minute of the podcast. Have we had anyone on that we've slept with before? I mean, Have we? that you're telling. I mean, I'm to... you mean people are listening? To... Please leave comments. Uh, send emails. <laughs> who do you think of all their guests? Who slept with who? Uh, we'll start the voting. It'll be ranked. Uh, there'll be a prize. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, actually. Um, oh, you dirty slut, Rachel. I'll I just say you. I like to keep it in the family. That's I'm going to leave it at that. You know. Who? Oh, right. Oh, he's hot. Good <laughs> it's job. Reed's cousin. Oh, my- wow. <laughs> Rachel. Oh, Wait a minute. Rachel, <laughs> you might be. No, I think we should keep it in and you just bleep it. People will have to like investigate that and find out like who of our guests is your cousin. This is going to yeah. turn into a true crime podcast. Okay, but also Kirsten, now just just shake your head or nod it. Have have there been any guests that you've had on the show that you have slept with? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh my God. So we are just like going off the rails, but we like to start the show, Reed. Yes. With what? I mean, just off the rails immediately. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. We like to start the show with a question What makes you mm-hmm. a boss bitch? What makes me a boss bitch? Um, yes. I mean, I get railed regularly by a lot of boss bitches. Um, so I'm a, a, maybe I'm a, at least. Uh, Six inches degrees of separation from from a lot mm. of boss bitches. Wow, is that and all I you think can as take a six inches? That's it. No, that's just no <laughs> wide the... oh, circumference. Some people like it that thick. I mean, you know, six yeah. inches. Girth. Is it diameter or radius? I always forget. Um, circumference. Yeah. Oh, circumference. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Wow. I guess as a cis white guy uh, who's very slutty. I think uh, getting railed up the butt uh, with a strap on is like the ultimate act of feminism for a dude like me. And honestly, put that in like macrame for me. I want to like put it in my living room. It's the least I could do. (laughs) I mean, do you do you know that I I tell that story on stage sometimes? I I, I don't know if I've ever shared that with you. Um, Please share it now to with your audience. Because yeah. my audience, my audience that will come to your podcast, uh, they will be, of course, like, okay. this is how I just, this goes. I, I, but it's I a realize- great way for them to get to know you, Rachel. Fabulous. I mean, I have so many memories. You were at my first sex party, first of all. I believe it was chemistry, but that's not even like Oh, what wow. I'm- that was a long time ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, remember I was like splayed out on like a lazy Susan and there was like, there were yep. like people massaging me and people yep. kissing I, me and I people going down on me. I it right now. Like I remember. So I was, yeah. I was very spoiled early on. I was like, oh, this is what this is about. Okay. So, um, no, but then there was another time 
that there was that party down in Fidei. They used to go to parties with goals. And as, as the joke, I say it, I'm like, because I'm a productive fucker. And uh, my goals for the evening were to go down on a woman because I had not done that yet in mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. and to use a strap on. So, uh, you know, a friend gave up their pussy as tribute and, you know, I did that and, mm-hmm. and everything went well. That's what review. friends are for. Right. Five star. Kirsten, I hope you're listening. Um, continue, <laughs> Rachel. And then you and I were standing in the kitchen having like a glass of. of <laughs> All right. Lit- I can't okay. see this, but this is going to be the screenshot of okay. me. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. So. I don't even know what's happening right now because audience, if you could, if you could see this, I literally thought Kristen, you were holding up fake legs and that you just had <laughs> fake legs. legs. How it. flexible are you? Wow, she's, she's okay. a professional dancer. So, <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I interrupted. Okay. Yes, please continue. Um, that's, that's fine. Best interruption ever. Um, so we were standing in the kitchen and mm-hmm. I was basking in the glow of my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And um, we were having like a glass of bubbly or something. And you very much like we were in a seminar together. You were like, so how's the evening going for you? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's good. You know, I'd actually um, like to uh, try a strap on. And uh, you said, great. And I, spit, I spit took. I, I did a spit take the minute you said that. And then you said, go get mine. And I went, wait, what? And you said, yeah, yeah, you can use one on me. And I went, <gasps> Christmas <gasps> morning. Because <clears throat> I assumed that my first time would be with a woman, but instead it was with you. Oh, what dreams, a beautiful dreams surprise. Dreams do come true. What a lovely dreams surprise. I am dying to peg a man. I think. Oh, it, you haven't done it yet? No. I'm oh, very, very disappointing that I haven't. Um, so- Kirsten, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? How, how dare you just throw the gauntlet, the latex gauntlet? Oh, my goodness. I know. All right. Well, I guess I get to be the first uh, guest that you both will have slept with, apparently. Hey. Um, <laughs> Yeah, five stars. Five stars. All right. Uh, no, and and you know, as 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 I've shared with Kirsten, I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast. Yeah, and you know, you just you also re- restored my faith in humanity last year. You know, after that mm-hmm. crazy, crazy experience. Um, yeah, I'm sorry know. about that. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, she was yeah, happy hope- when she got home. Don't apologize. I like, well, this, I was like, well, this was terrible, but it had a really happy ending. Um, <laughs> so I, I, should we give your audience any context for oh, sure. why yeah. I'm on the show? <laughs> Other than retakes <laughs> with the ass and... And gives great head and has and, an amazing penis. Um, and Rachel, I mean, this is, an, I guess this is an advertisement for me, which I appreciate. No, um, no, no. But- I No, here, I'll say this about you. You you really do educate people in the world of sex. And you were one of the first people that really had me get comfortable having safer sex conversations. So mm-hmm. it's not just about the amazing sex that we've had. It is about um, me feeling uh, confident as, as a human in the sex world, because I always was you know, very sexual, but then having these conversations yeah. really took things up the next level. Mm. Um, I, I 
wow. Uh, I was like, that sentence could have sounded so different. Yeah, um, took things I was up. right um, there with you. Not the butt. Up the next level. <laughs> yeah, just um, put in a little sound effects like... Something you say, Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you are also the founder of Cuddle Party. That's a fun thing that people yeah. should probably know about. And yeah. then we should get into the deep stuff, like talking about, you know, having safer sex conversations, because unfortunately, it's still not mainstream. Um, yeah. And really STIs, STIs are still, you know, stigmatized. And mm-hmm. I'm, I just joined Field like a week ago, and mm-hmm. people are still using the word clean. Ugh, and I'm like, I oh, my God. Word. Fuck. You know, there's. Yeah. Though. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a long way for us to go. So you, I mean, you educate people about all that stuff. You also educate people about how to engage in relationships and how to have better sex. And so please, like, you know, share whatever you'd like to share because that really is what makes you a boss bitch. Oh, thank you. Uh, so one, I'm flattered. It's really fun to like nerd out and be on more of a comedy based podcast because then. I get to be my dorky, nerdy, stupid self. Um, and and I also get to kind of role model. You can be this dorky and and some people will still want to sleep with you. Um, oh, my God. It's hot. Come on. Well, I mean, it, but it's not like not everybody's figured that out yet. Right. Like the embrace the awkward. Um, I have a pillow behind me on, on my little sofa in my office that says embrace the awkward and being the weird seventh grader who had crushes on everybody and thought beating everyone at connect four was kind of how you wooed people. Um, (laughs) Like it was just, it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. And I still have the heart and insecurities of a seventh grader, but over time and figuring out my own little trajectory, X-Men origin story of how I turned into this guy, the piece that started making sense was like, we just need to talk about these things. And I also grew up in an alcoholic family where uh, in new England, where no one talked about anything anyway, ever. And so the elephant in the room is just always there. Exactly. (laughs) But again, it's not just, it's not just new England. It's everywhere. It is. And, and so learning how to communicate wants, needs, desires, Mm. um, watching, my mom and dad, who they were madly in love when my bro- my siblings and I were growing up, and then they just ended up mad at each other, mm. even though they never fell out of love. But like emotionally, they destroyed each other because they just didn't know how to talk about all the elephants in their mm. room of their marriage. Mm. And that would eventually, my mom would self-medicate with drinking. My dad was that generation Whereas like the woman I love is not happy. It's because we don't have enough wealth. So he became a workaholic and I, I had the modeling that like love is not enough for a healthy relationship. And so I started out trying to figure out like what were my mom and dad missing that made life so miserable for, for them and also trickled down to me and my siblings. And that, that became eventually the idea of, if we're going to put it on a bumper sticker. It's like, say what you're not saying. Mm. And then try, can you do that, you know, with kindness and all these other things? Um, mm. But like talking about the stuff that we're not supposed to be talking about, you know, air quotes around not supposed to be talking about because it's usually something we were taught um, or a literal survival mechanism in some people's families of origins. Like you didn't mm. 
talk about the elephant in the room because you got your ass beat or right. worse. <laughs> so like all that comes down to talk about the stuff and growing up coming of sexual age in the eighties and around AIDS. So much of it was about like, have the safer sex conversation, mm. have the talk before you have the sex, but no one fucking told you what to put in the fucking talk. Mm. So I didn't know what to say and I didn't want to ruin my prospects at having sex. So mm. I just waited for the other person to start the conversation, not realizing they're in the exact same position waiting for me to start the conversation because we don't want to say the wrong thing to be judged, a, you know, a slut or this or that or ruin it because your fear brain, you know, isn't mm. saying, read, if you do this wrong, you'll be able to recover. It'll, it'll be awkward, but it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Your fear brain is like, read, if you fuck this up, you will never have sex ever again <laughs> in your life. <laughs> and that eventually would lead for me as I discovered I'm promiscuous and how do you leave the campsite better than you found it um, was, mm. okay, I need to have the talk. What should be in the talk? And also acknowledging that I'm a nerdy seventh grader at heart. If I really like you and I start having a conversation, I've got about two to four minutes tops before I flood myself with adrenaline and cortisol because I'm so nervous that I'm actually talking to somebody I want to have sex with that I'll really start to spin out and be really spazzy. And then you really won't want to have sex with me. And so like, I need to be able <laughs> to tell you everything I need to tell you in like three minutes because that's all I have mm. before it gets weird. And that would be what would turn into the safer sex elevator speech modeled in like the elevator pitch of the three minute, mm. like, give me your business plan. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, I can have this conversation in three minutes before I get too worked up. Now I just have to fill it with what are the things that we actually need to be talking about. I feel it's funny because I feel like three minutes is such a long time. Well, I can do it in two. Uh <laughs> But I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to be a comedian. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm I'm gonna date myself, but that reminds me of Love Connection. We'll be back oh, in two I and love two. That show. <laughs> if people, if wow. our young listeners don't know what that is, please go on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I loved that show. Chuck what was Willary. the other one that was similar to Love Connection, where they went out on dates? Dateline. Well, uh, well, Dateline um, was was another one. Well, you know what was really fun? Love Line. Ship Shipmates. Did you ever see that show? I see shipmates. They put people on a cruise ship, and they'd have to date on a cruise ship. But then, if they didn't like each other, they were stuck on the boat. Oh my god! Wow. Love Connection was always so great. They always ended up in a hot tub, and I was like. I wish there was a hot tub in every one of that, my dates, right? Isn't that Whenever place still alive? Has... That hot tub place is still there in LA, wasn't it? It was. It was there in was LA. A hot was that hot tub place? place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like, kind of like the Mount Airy Lodge in uh, upstate New York <laughs> that used to have the uh, the champagne glass hot tub. Classy. Oh my god! So if, hot. I mean, honestly, I would love a date in a hot tub. I gotta be honest. I would love that. Just like, well, let's take our clothes off immediately. Let's see what we're working with here. I get like a nice, relaxing experience. A little mm -hmm. cocktail, you know. Yeah. 
Sounds just great. don't have sex in the hot tub. I I uh I, I was recently have telling the story. Oh yeah. Um well, maybe not if it's your personal hot tub, but man, I when I was dating a woman, I we I was using the jets at Spa Castle and she was fingering me and then and then I got BV and a yeast infection. Of course so, you did. Um, it's fucking Spa Castle. They have found yeah, dead bodies in those hot tubs. <laughs> they have found I know. since Rachel Green. You cannot get fingered at Spa Castle in the hot tub. <sighs> no. That is, we should no. put that on a sweater <laughs> and sell it in our Etsy shop. Don't get finger banged in the hot tub at Spa Castle. We'll see if Spa Castle wants to go in on it. Yeah. Well, what about the what about the salt room? Is that okay? Getting finger oh, yeah. banged in the salt room? You can fuck in the salt room all day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's good. Oh it's, it's good. The saline is good for your your private. I don't even know where we are anymore. I don't know what's happening. I knew this was gonna happen. Kirsten, but Kirsten, you're on a podcast. You're recording a oh podcast. My God, I love it so much. I, we were we were talking about love connection. God yes, love yes. Connection. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll focus we? it. I'll focus oh, it. Safer sex um, conversations. conversations. Yes. Can yeah. you give the folks at home? An example of a of a safer sex talk would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I feel like a lot of people don't know what that what what would be a way to go about that, right? You know, yeah. I I, I was spoiled. Yeah, yeah, I was spoiled that I came up in the poly world of like welcome circles and and stating your intentions. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I had to be taught those things. So yeah, yeah. share share that knowledge, well, please. So so for folks who are listening, you can go to readaboutsex.com, dot reid aboutsex.com forward slash elevator. And that'll bring you to a little, a little article that talks yes. about safe sex conversations. And then you can also download the little cheat sheet for the safer sex elevator speech. So we love, we, love that. We, we got you handled. We got you handled. Um, look at so that. Much. Look at See? that. It's technology. Free. It's working. It's oh free. Oh my God. It's free. Oh my God. Um, Giving so, people free sex advice. So there's lots of different ways to have a safer sex conversation. So the way that I do it, it's not the way. It's what I needed back yeah. in the day to feel like I communicated what I needed to communicate mm. to then one role model this is it's okay for us to talk about this cuz i'm literally talking about it to you mm-hmm. and yeah. then it's also an assessment technique which which we don't really talk about because if i share with you what my safer sex needs are and and protocols and whatnot my agreements if i share those with you in 2 or 3 minutes and then i kind of say okay like how about you like, what do you, what do you need? What do you want to talk about? What you share back with me in those first couple of minutes, because it's always the beginning of more conversation, but in that first exchange, I now know a lot about you around, do you get tested regularly and know what your status is STI mm-hmm. wise? Do you know what your safer sex needs and protocols are? Like, do you, can you talk about these things to me and Mm -hmm. if we can't have a conversation even if it's awkward about our sexual health needs and our boundaries and our desires it's if we can't have that conversation maybe we shouldn't have sex bingo (laughs) because you're 
And it's okay to be, to have the conversation be difficult because sometimes it's difficult because you really, really like somebody and you don't want to fuck it up. Mm. Sometimes it's difficult because you haven't had a lot of practice. Sometimes it's difficult because you've got shame bubbling up or like you, you were married for 10 years and like, I haven't got an STI test in 10 years, but I just got divorced. And now I feel like a schmuck because I haven't been tested. And ah, like all the things that come up are really just a starting point for us to figure out like, well, what makes sense next? And Mm -hmm. I, there's as a, as a sex geek and as a nerd about this kind of stuff, like, there are lots of ways we can engage erotically and sensually and sexually that are very safe and meet my needs for safety. And, you know, you don't have to have been tested. Like, it's okay to be like, I just got divorced and I haven't been tested yet. I don't know what my status is. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, for me as a nerd, I'm like, there's a shit ton of crayons in the crayon box of what we can do that are still going to be hella fun that will allow me to meet my relationship agreements and whatnot and feel comfortable around my health and keeping other people healthy. And all of that stuff, all of that like sexual wellness literacy, you never get to if you'd never even start scratching the surface of these conversations. And so like, that's my little preamble for however, like I think the only wrong way to do a safer sex conversation is to not have one. Mm. work and there have been lots of different elevator speeches uh inspired by by this particular elevator speech that i came up with because some people are like god we that you have all these steps the acronym is pleasure and that's so many fucking letters and what the fuck and i'm like then do whatever the fuck you want but the main things to be talking about when were you tested last and what were you tested for and what were your results and I, and I start my conversation with that first because that's usually the scariest thing for everybody. So let's just get it over with mm-hmm. because then the rest of what you want to talk about just falls into like, here are my relationship agreements. Here's what I need for safer sex. And here's something that I like and something that I don't like. What about you? And then, you know, if you're a nerd, you can put in all these other things like, you know, you know, please only use, you know, here are my pronouns, uh, only call my penis Batman, like whatever you need <laughs> to, to make sex really work great for you. Um, yeah. So it doesn't have to be super complex. You can make it super simple. But as you get better at it, you then can fill it, fill in all the nooks and crannies with the things that would really make sex good for you if this other person ends up being a good fit. Well, and I'm so, with, yeah, yep. that's just filling my nooks and crannies right now. Like it's, it's hot. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing is I mean, like, so many people to talk openly about this. It's hot when people are comfortable and um, open about like, Hey, and like, just cool about it. Like, Hey, let's have this conversation. That is so hot. And I don't know if I have experienced that from a man, I don't know if I have. Well, and this is the thing is because so many people never really thought about what to put into it for themselves. Like here's what I need to share Mm. and where I need to be met for us to have good or great sex. 
And because so many people have never practiced it and have also not gotten great feedback, like I know that no matter how awkward I am and how dorky I am, what you just said, Kirsten, about like, I've never had that kind of conversation with a man. Well, I, let me be clear. You know? I, I've never had a man be one, I think, the one to initiate it. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't. I think I've always initiated the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever had anyone like approach it the way that you're talking about. Like, hey, we should have this conversation. Yeah. And so, so this me. is for, for those of you listening at home. Mm. Share this podcast with a friend who doesn't have a fucking clue because this will change their life. In that, I don't know why the Batman voice came up, but it felt appropriate. It was great. Um, but here, here's the thing is once you start getting comfortable having this conversation and you realize how important it is for how things unfold next. Mm. then you can start having fun and being playful with this conversation, which makes it even more sexy because when you realize how shitty most people's sex capades are and how many people are not talking about these things openly, mm -hmm. then you now have this new superpower by being the person that's like, hey, I think our date is going kind of well and I'm going to get nervous about if sex is on the table or not and I'll get in my head so would you mind if we just had the safer sex conversation now so we could kind of get it over with and it and again we ne we never have to have the sex but at least I can have this conversation with you now before I start getting really weird because I, <laughs> I kind of like the connection that we're having and I will start overthinking this and making it really awkward soon. So yes, no, should I leave now? Like, is the date over? Like you can position this in so many ways mm. where you can be like, Hey, like, why don't we just practice our safer sex conversations with each other, regardless of if we have sex or not. Because yeah. at least that's an interesting story for you to go home with. But the power of being a man who initiates the conversation when so many vulva owners and also gay men and, and, and just people in general, they never have the experience of someone being like, hey, sexual health is really important to me. And I would love to have this conversation with you and see where mm -hmm. we stand afterwards. Is, yeah. If it's too soon, tell me. But if it's not too soon, can we have it now? No one has those conversations like mm -hmm. that because everything's weird until we start to fall into bed. And now we have to have the conversation as we're, you know, in yeah, between each other's legs. That's almost always the way it goes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Where I'm like, wait. Totally. <laughs> Where it's like a stop, like a very dramatic, like, wait, mm -hmm. before we do this. We have to have uh, right. Let let's have a shameful conversation before and I we get fuck. like really, and I get like hot and flushed, and then like when they're like fine, like I should really give myself the time and space to have it in a way that I'm able to really ask them questions and listen to them because if I think back to my 
you know, say for sex conversations that I've had, it's mostly like, here's my deal. Are you cool? Let's go. Yeah. It's not really me asking a lot of questions, yeah. which is because it, and I think it, that speaks to the vulnerability of it. Like, because it's such a vulnerable, vulnerable conversation for me, mm -hmm. I just want to get it over with, which doesn't really leave a lot of space for me to ask more questions. And if I look back, I really understand looking back at some of my partners that they were so like, they had no idea what I was talking about. Like, absolutely, mm -hmm. like, no clue. Like, they're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Great. Like, <laughs> but like, they were like, what? Like, what is this? What is this conversation? Well, and this starts to become a whole other thing about, and again, like sexual literacy and say, like, mm. sexual health literacy is, is also a privilege. So like use your powers for good, never for evil. But there is a certain, like, as you get better at, at talking about these things, you have a weird, it's not an unfair advantage, but like, you know, some, again, like going back to folks who have trauma histories and grew up in fucked up families, like somehow for some people, the way you survived is you brought, you never brought fucking shit up. And like, it's not that you're not capable of being vulnerable. It's that being vulnerable got you hurt growing mm -hmm. up. And so like, as we start to become more literate around sexual health and being more trauma informed and all these other things that are just so useful for healthy relationships and just treating people decently in general. Um, also recognize that you may be the person in your friend group or on the date who has your brown belt or black belt in sex and the mm -hmm. other person is just a white belt. So like, don't, don't shame other people mm. for not being good at this stuff too sure. i mean like like even for your for your, your listeners like if you're still listening to this podcast you're already somebody who's curious in a way that a lot of people haven't gotten to yet around sex because sex is so fraught with so many things mm. and and again like this is where like my superpower as a slut and and as a as a queer man um, part of that comes from like, I'm willing to ruin our opportunity to have sex by bringing up all the things that we're probably not talking about mm -hmm. because if by me having a safer sex conversation with you, I ruin our chances of fucking, I probably saved us both a headache and maybe some Absolutely. trauma. But mm. sex is so scarce for people and so sh filled with shame and awkwardness and, and starvation for some of us, uh, especially after the pandemic, that like we don't want to bring things up because we don't want to, we don't want to, we want to, we want things to go well and we think talking about it's going to ruin it. And we haven't reconfigured and recalibrated that ruining the opportunity by talking about it is probably saving you a shit ton of grief. Oh, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And do we want to have the actual yeah. safer sex conversation? Give yeah, me the safe sex okay. conversation. So, so, Kirsten, if I may, yes. yes. can I have my safer sex conversation with you? I would love that. I would love okay. to have that conversation. Okay. So so the last time I was tested, and this is, this is true, uh, last time I was tested was four weeks ago. I was tested for chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, HIV, uh, I was also tested for Hep A and B and Herpes one and two, 
And I also got throat swabs and a rectal swab for chlamydia and gonorrhea. Um, and I was clear for all of those things except herpes one. So if you're like, dude, I do not want herpes, then we probably shouldn't play with each other in, in those kinds of capacities. Cause I can't guarantee you that I won't expose you and maybe give you herpes. And I have herpes one and it presents on my lip. Um, and I'm currently not having an outbreak and I'm also not on any antivirals for, for herpes because I only ever had one outbreak ever. And I don't seem to have outbreaks around that kind of thing, but you could still be exposed. I identify as a queer polyamorous slut. I have a primary partner, Allison Moon, author of Girl Sex 101, available at girlsex101.com. You're welcome, honey. Mm. And uh, I also have two other lovers and Allison that I'm fluid bonded with. So I have unprotected penis vagina sex with. But for any kind of anal penetration, whether I'm getting penetrated or penetrating other people um, and my other lovers, I use condoms all the time. However, I do not use condoms uh, for oral sex. I can. I'm more than happy to. I can use dental dams. We can use gloves for finger sex and things like that. But I have a lot of unprotected oral sex with the people that I sleep with. Uh, and again, I'm a slut. So whatever you think a lot of people is, it's more. And so I get tested every three to four months. And I practice having my safer sex conversations with everybody that I sleep with, because I think that that is one, a really decent thing to do. Um, and I'm trying to also keep all the other people that I sleep with and the people that they sleep with uh, safe. I love making out. And I also love group sexual dynamics. Something I don't like is pain is not erotic for me. So Kirsten, if you have to hit me to come, you get one shot. It has to be thuddy, not stingy. Okay. And do not hit me in the face and do not hit me in the nuts. And I had to add the nuts part. That person did come very hard, but I realized I was not specific enough in where not to hit me. So please do not hit me in those places. That's a little bit of, well, thank you so much for your empathy and compassion. That's a little bit about me. How about you? Mm. Oh, we're really gonna do that. <laughs> if you you don't you don't have to reciprocate, but you're you know I just I should do it for the listeners, and I should do it to be an example. And I haven't done it in two years. <laughs> yeah, I have not been sexual with anyone for two years. Mm -hmm. I did get tested. I had a full panel. Uh, I want to say a year ago. So, mm -hmm. so I had a full panel a year ago. Let's see. I, I could not rattle off as well as you did exactly what they tested me for. Um, but I could look it up. I have the app. I have the app from my doctor, so I could certainly look that up. Tested negative for everything. I have tested positive for herpes 1, which presented vaginally. But that was, I am not on antivirals because uh, it hasn't been, I don't really get outbreaks. They happened mm -hmm. maybe four times since I was diagnosed like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but I do take lysine every day just as a precaution. And I have 
safer sex conversations with most of my partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, I'm trying to hit cover all your bases. What am I missing? Can I add? Can I add things? I forgot yeah. some things. Please. So, so I've I've also been vaccinated for Hep A and B and HPV. Uh, also monkeypox shingles and and COVID stuff as well. Um, but I've also had a vasectomy. So if <gasps> we if we were to play together and you got pregnant, not it, unless My it's a real religious hard. event. <laughs> Just letting you know. I gotta okay. So I have two things that are gonna take us a little off track. One, I once had a guy I was dating saying say that he was interested in get a vasectomy in getting a vasectomy. I'm like. I'm stuttering because it's so I'm so it's so hot to me. I was like <laughs> so turned on. He was like, I think I want a vasectomy. And I was like, I'm wet. Two, we have a question about the hepatitis mm-hmm. uh vaccine. So there's there's a vaccine for A and B. Mm-hmm. And I the last time I went to get some vaccines because I was meeting my newborn nephew. And they tested me for my titers to see if I needed boosters. And they were like, mm-hmm. no, you still have enough titers, which are like the levels to show that you're – I mean, I'm not like – it's not like a medical – I'm not a doctor. But um, it shows if you have like enough titers to be protected with that mm-hmm. vaccine. Can you be tested for titers for hepatitis? Like I don't know if yes. I got that vaccine. Okay, yes, great. Yes, you, you can. You can. Please. And the reason I know this is a friend of mine who was at a weekend long orgy uh, of lovers of mine uh, just tested positive for Hep B. It might be a false positive, but he was awesome. He texted our little signal text chain and be I'm like, "Hey, everybody, for my results, <laughs> Rachel, you and I share friends." Kirsten and I were having this conversation because I don't know if I was vaccinated for it as a child. Um, I think I was vaccinated for Hep A mm-hmm. before I went to Samantha's wedding in South Africa in 2009. Yep. Uh, but I think um, Hep B, I'm not sure. So yeah. um, I did get regular tested. I didn't know about the titers until yeah. I didn't know that was a word. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that. I am negative. Uh, we shall see. I don't know if I covered all of my sexual uh, health questionnaires, but um, <laughs> that's my best. That's my best effort, considering I'm practically a virgin now. Again, at this point, um, born again. I am. I think I am born again. I took a real hard break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I needed it. I needed mm-hmm. that break. I did. We'll see. We'll see mm. if it comes back. <laughs> mm. And and also um, just I'll just add so if we were actually having this conversation, mm-hmm. it would be totally fine that you don't remember what else to talk about because I could just ask questions. Exactly. And then we're having the conversation and we're just to let people Yeah. Like, and yeah. any beginning, any having your safer sex conversation isn't the end all be all. And it's the last time we talk before we have yeah. sex. Like it, it really just breaks the ice and normalizes talking about these things. So you can start to have more of the conversation. And yes. like, there's so many crayons in the crayon box of what sex can look like that, mm. you know, it might, 
make sense that we're like, oh, you know what? Like, let's not have sex or let's not have sex this time or let's just go mm-hmm. take a shower and make out. Like, there's so many other things we can be doing. Um, and it doesn't have to like having a safer sex conversation doesn't have to end in sex. Yeah. And that alone, like just to practice with your friends, having these conversations can be really huge for everyone. Um, Mm. and I just encourage people to start nerding out on these things because it can make a huge difference. Yeah. And it just creates, Uh. a, like I said, a baseline of safety, a baseline Mm -hmm. of like, of care of like humanity. And I think that's what's been missing for me for a lot of like casual sex situations is I'm like, I need that baseline of like, you care that I'm safe and I care that you're safe because we're both human beings that care about other human beings that are about Mm -hmm. to do something very intimate with each other. Yeah. Like record a podcast. Yeah. Uh. And I think, you know, I think that mutual (laughs) masturbation is underrated. I love it. Big fan. And that's something that you can do with anyone. Consensually. Oh, and just make out. Just make out and touch So hot. So So hot. hot. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't always have to perform. Yes. Yes. I I volunteer to I think. (laughs) Yes. Okay. After. Okay, guys. We're all going to masturbate on Riverside. Okay. Um, (laughs) One, two, three, go. Um, Back again to Field. You know, here is this app, right, where... I got excited when I first joined it a week ago because it seemed to be uh, like like the kind of sex ninjas at first that I, I've been accustomed to. Like I kind of fell out of the poly community because, you know, I was, you know, having the wonderful time and then just never really finding a primary. And so I kind of went out to the more sort of monogamish vanilla world and, and then had whatever you know, trials and tribulations there. And then mm-hmm. field was like, Oh, maybe these are my people. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then no, um, 90% are just like, Hey, nice tits. Here's a dick pic. And I'm like, I literally say in my profile, like, don't do that, you know, in a nice floral way. Like I, I appreciate meaningful connections and please stimulate mm-hmm. my brain. And, and I like c- communication mm-hmm. and intimacy and connection. Yeah. And nope. Um, but this yeah, one guy I just fakes. talked to tonight. Oh yeah. Like they say they want to like have like, Oh, a meaningful. No, no. They, you just want to fuck, which is fine. That's fine. Um, that's just not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. What I value is the communication. I want to dork out. I want to have deep conversations. I want to laugh. And then that's all very sexist for mm-hmm. me. That's fucking witty banter is like foreplay, you know? And I was having that kind of interaction with this guy and then I was like, dude, I'm having so much fun texting with you. Like, can can I call you? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm smiling right now. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, I this, I know this is crazy, but were you naked in a basement in Bushwick like last month? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> and he had attended the naked comedy show that I was at at Hacienda. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, of course you were. You're mm-hmm. my people. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was just, it was just such a relief to talk to him because I was like, oh, no matter how this pans out, you're my people. Like, you know how to communicate. You understand this world and mm-hmm. how I prefer to navigate it, you know? And yeah, it was just like immediate. Great. Smiles. And the, like, there's lots of somewhere out there, there's a time and a place for nice tits. Here's my dick. 
but but the thing is like if you don't know how to have the conversations about wants, needs, and desires, there's no way to create a lot of safety mm. and and the kind of connection. Well, ultimately, what it comes down to is don't take your casual sex casually. Like, mm. take your casual sex very seriously. And when mm. I, you know, I sometimes get brought in to talk to fraternities and stuff like that at colleges. I'm like, listen, guys, here's the deal. Like, I'm a big old hoe, and I. Whatever you think slut numbers are, add a zero to it. I guarantee you I'm having more sex than your fraternity. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, listen, if the people you fuck, (laughs) if the people you fuck aren't sending you their friends to fuck sober, you're not doing it right. Mm. And then they're like, what? And I'm like, let me just let me walk you through this. And really what it's about is. And again, like, I'm not trying to, like, recruit everybody into being a slut. Like, that's a very particular kind of self-expression. And as you figure out your own self-expression, and some people haven't had a lot of sex in relationships yet, so they haven't figured it out yet. I get it. But, like, as you discover your self-expression, start dating your species. You know, like, and then, like, my world got vastly better and less people were mad at me when I started dating mostly sluts. Because sluts were not mad at me for how slutty I was. (laughs) And sluts would send their slutty friends to me to fuck or to hook up with in a threesome situation. And you know what's really important in a threesome? To have three people have a safer sex conversation before you start having the threesome. And it all goes back to figuring out what do you need to be talking about and understanding enough of your own needs, but also understanding the landscape of sexual well, you know, health and wellness, so that the reason I'm starting the conversation is I know if I like playing with people with vulvas and vaginas, your ecosystem's a lot fucking more delicate than mine. And if I have a conversation with you and I'm really like, you know, talking to you about like, you know, your health and wellness, that might be a big fucking turn on. Because all the other penises and dick pics in your life don't want to talk about it at all. Mm. End of sermon. Yeah, I mean, Rachel knows this. You know, I was using fields like for the last few years, you know, Um, not really much lately Um, because, you know, I felt the same way. I thought like this is my people, like they're talking openly about you know, their sexual expression, their gender expression, their kinks. And that was sort of a um, kind of a Trojan horse <laughs> of like, of them. I mean, what a double entendre with Trojan. But um, it, it it was sort <laughs> of like, it's this, it's this dating app. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's this dating mm-hmm. app where you get to list so many more things than like any other dating apps, like in regards to your sexuality yeah. and, you know, to all of those things I mentioned, gen- gender, expression, sexual, whatever, kinks, everything. Um, but I found, I found with most of the people that I was interacting with that mm-hmm. they were not, there was no literacy behind it. It was literally mm. just a place for them to like live out something, try to live out something they saw in a porn. Mm-hmm. And there was no, and I don't, I don't know, I don't quite know where 
maybe it's just who I am because I certainly like didn't learn it like the way Rachel learned it, like being in the poly community of like, Mm -hmm. there's this weird question on OkCupid that says, do you think sex can be meaningless? And I think it's such a poignant question because I, I don't think it can. I don't think it can be meaningless. And that's not because I'm like, oh, because I will fall in love with someone because I have sex. With it's And I can have casual sex. Like I'm very open sexually. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's not about that. But can it be meaningless? I don't know. Like it doesn't, I'm with, a, I'm interacting in the most intimate way you can with another human being. Like that has meaning on a human level. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of the people I interacted with in feel, on field, it was like I was just like a body. I was just like a masturbatory uh, tool in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, just I, that. I so appreciate what you just shared. And, like, it has, for me as an extrovert, but also, like, that I do sex education professionally and relationship Mm. nerdery. What you just shared is so much of so many people's everyday experiences Mm. that until you, you know, kind of fall into a group, like when, to use the dating your species analogy, until you find the right watering hole, Mm. like I have people come to my play parties and they're like, holy shit. Like, I've never been to an orgy that had like a conversation, like a mini workshop almost and icebreakers at the beginning of it. Like it was always just a weird cocktail party until people got drunk enough to start having sex. And then you hoped somebody waved you in and wanted to have sex with you. There's so many different ways to run a play party, but like I'm a nerd and I needed to have a welcome circle conversation and icebreaking exercises because I'm that insecure And in my head, that if we don't have those conversations, I can't be quiet enough in my head to actually, like, enjoy the Mm. sex. But having those conversations is so useful and important, period, when you really start to understand, like, human behavior and social, social, sexual, you know, group experiences. And, like, how do you get a bunch of strangers to not feel like they're strangers and to also be on the same page around consent and sexual health to then feel comfortable like exploring Mm. and for some people you know some of my swinger friends who've been like shit i've been going to orgies for 20 years and this is a game changer Mm. wow and we're just so many of us are raised to not talk about sex so how i can have a lot of empathy for people because i can understand how no one gets any literacy to begin with Mm. and then no one talks about porn and uh, media literacy when it comes to porn and the idea that like trying to learn how to be a better lover from watching porn is like trying to learn how to be a better driver from watching the fast and the furious but like you were taught <laughs> you, tell that the porno gym <laughs> you you were taught to not pull out of the movie theater drive in you know parking lot like a fucking vin diesel <laughs> and then like so i have a lot of empathy for how we didn't how so many people haven't gotten there yet and when you do find the people that are a good fit for you and are you know a little bit more literate your ability to learn and pick up those skill sets 
just, you know, your learning curve is so much better. And then you realize like, yeah. oh yeah, like, hey, you know, when you, when you talk about your STI status is like, please don't say clean. Could you just say clear or negative? Because when you say clean, then because I test positive for herpes one, like it makes me feel like I'm dirty. And then when you mm. share that with somebody, a lot of people are like, oh shit, I never thought about it like that. And of course they never thought about it like that because no one fucking told them to talk, to think about this stuff to yeah. begin with. And so these things yeah. become game changers and, and then, you know, you get to correct and encourage your friends. Hey, like I'm going and getting tested. Like I'm a huge slut. I get tested every three to four months. I fucking post my stats on Facebook because that's the easiest way to let all the people I sleep with know what my <laughs> status is. That's my so mother-in-law amazing. doesn't really appreciate it, but she's like, great. <laughs> Yet again, my son-in-law doesn't have chlamydia. Oh, what a great day. I wish I had my coffee first. Oh, you know? my God. That's so funny. Well, first of all, <laughs> I got to get to one of these fucking parties. Um, second of all, I think there is also, um, which is very interesting and I think will Mm -hmm. be very interesting to our listeners that are not necessarily non-monogamous or poly of like that environment creating a sense of like camaraderie around these things of like, we're all Mm -hmm. openly talking about it. It's not just the pressure of two people. It's a group of people in an open circle in like a very, you know, intimate environment, but you have that sort of, um, group, uh, that like comfort of like, well, we're all doing it, you know, we're all going to talk about. Yes. It's yeah. It's, it's really, it it, it is distinct and and not to shit talk swingers, but I did find that that was a huge, uh, difference in experience between when I would go to a swinger party and when I would go to a, like a poly play party, especially, you know, ones that you would throw or, or in our circle where it was like, yeah, you know, uh, someone would just grab me or touch me at, at a swinger party. And I'd be like, hi, I'm Rachel. Could you, uh, maybe ask me how I'm right. doing? Um, and maybe ask me if it's okay to touch me. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much. And, and yeah, actually I, I don't want to engage with you, but thank you. And versus, you know, Hey, you know, this is my intention for the evening. Uh, I would like to wear a blindfold and get face fucked tonight. Um, I was tested three months ago. I tested this. These yeah. are my results. I have a partner. Uh, we're fluid bonded, but we use condoms with other people. I, I mean, my mind was blown the first time I experienced it, but then I was like, this is amazing. Cause it just, it mm-hmm. like, it takes all the concern, all the shame, all the bullshit that we have going on our heads, like you're saying from the past, from whatever, from right. society. Uh, and it's just like, it's, it just takes it all away. And then mm-hmm. you can just play. You can just yeah. And the play. idea of like demystifying yeah. it, because I think like a lot of people, even when one-on-one we do have these conversations, it's it's like sometimes I feel from the other person of like, I get this feeling that they're like, well, is everyone talking about this? Like, is, is this, is this how everyone does it? Like, is this, is this just specific to you? Or is this like, there's just not this open environment, like a play party specifically provides this like very open environment where you get to see 
-hmm. all people, all different people having the conversation in all different ways and having different reactions to the conversation, like people having the space to be emotional about it or not and being like very like direct and quick. And there's all different ways to like have that Mm -hmm. conversation. And I think that's really beautiful. And, yeah, and we the, definitely had some cries in the welcome circles. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, and, and again, like, and, and this is for, so, so just to kind of talk to, to the monogamous folks um, and the straight folks and whatnot, because I mean, I'm very queer and queer oriented around the play parties, but, but like, if you're monogamous, I've had lots of friends come to my play parties and they're monogamous with their partner. And they're like, we just want to watch. I have friends Hot. who who never play at play parties. They're like, I just like being around people who are fucking. It's just hilarious. And then I'm playing Scrabble and people are right next to me, you know, getting face fucked. And it and they're just like, this is so weird and so like normal. And it takes all the stigma out of things. And so like mm. to to just like let people know you can be monogamous, go to a play party and never have to play. You can go, you can be a huge slut and not like play parties. Like my partner, Allison, we teach a workshop called slut, slut light. Cause I'm the big slut and she's the slut light, but like she, she likes play parties for what people get from them. But usually she's mm-hmm. up in her bedroom reading a comic book and people are like, is Allison okay? And I'm like, she's fucking reading a comic book. She's doing, taking care of herself. They're like, you can read a comic book at an orgy. I'm like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Just be nice to people and leave the campsite better than you found it. So like, there's so many different ways. And, and also just to, as a sex educator, to just put this out there too. American values of overachievingness and the self-help world have also seeped into the sex positive realm such that, you know, to be truly actualized and evolved you must be into every fucking thing and poly and a uh, relationship anarchist and your dick has to be so hard. People can do chin ups off of it. And when you come, you have to squirt so hard. You knock over lamps, like all this shit. <laughs> and I just yeah. want people to know, take a breath. What is evolved around sex in my humble opinion is mm. you get to like what you like. And not like what you don't like. So sometimes you try a threesome and you're like, huh, I don't like threesomes. I don't want to do threesomes. And that is you being evolved and actualized. Mm -hmm. And just because I like threesomes doesn't mean you're broken if you don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you can teach people how to manually shut off their gag reflexes and then, yay, you can deep throat. But like, you can be like, I don't really like deep throating or being deep throated. And like, you're not broken. What's evolved is that you ideally give yourself permission to explore, but then like, if you don't like something, own it. Be like, I don't like that. I don't, you know, don't fucking spank me. It doesn't, it doesn't turn me on. That's what evolved is. Mm-hmm. And you still should probably learn to have a safer sex conversation. It's going to help. And also that maybe today I want to be spanked and maybe not tomorrow, right? And that when you make a request to leave the space for that person to say yes or no, you know, that was was a big one for me too. Yeah. 
Well, I think especially, you know, especially for women, there's sort of like this decolonizing around sex that we have to do, like for ourselves, that um, mm-hmm. that we don't have to be cool with everything, you know, and that we can have, we can really, um, I think I'm, st- I think I'm constantly doing that around sex. I think I'm constantly like reanalyzing, like, do I actually like that? Or was I taught to like that? Am I making that noise because it's coming truly from my pleasure? Or am I making that noise because that's the noise you make when someone does that? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I feel like I've really thought about these things, you know, and it's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of deconstruction to do around sex um, if you really want to enjoy it fully. I think for a lot of people, for, you know, as a woman or for, you know, from a religious upbringings, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of deconstruction that that does have to happen for a lot of people to enjoy it. Yeah. And, and all of us, like, yes. like for men too, it's like, like de- being able to deconstruct like culture and get it untangled from things. And then mm. like as, as a queer person, this is where I kind of came into this is like, reassembling the pieces that you want to keep as an act of reclamation mm. and reclaiming mm. who and what you are. Um, Cause there's, there's a lot of fucked up things about masculinity and Oh shit. Like now I'm in my mid fifties and my penis doesn't get hard all the time. And what does that mean? And like, ah, mm. and like, and you know, there's a lot of privilege in, in, you know, being a man in society and whatnot. So like everyone has their work to do. And mm. as you can do that work for yourself and, and hopefully be kind and gentle with yourself. Mm. Um, also, hopefully we all start to like, be able to touch those deeper parts of compassion and empathy, not just for ourselves, but then, then you, I'm not excusing bad behavior, but like, I'm like, Oh dude, no one's talked to you yet about why you should probably shouldn't lead with nice tits and a dick pic. Like, and I can understand how you didn't fucking get the memo yet about that. And there's a brave new world out here. Mm. If you want to invest some time and effort, cause it is, it is, it's not easy work to start mm stripping those pieces apart and then looking at like, what does it mean to be a decent human being when it comes to sex? And that's yeah, I think deep that, shit. Yeah, it is. And uh, Rachel and I talk about this a lot because of our comedy, our stand-up comedy is like very sexual in nature. A lot of it that people get the wrong idea because we can, we can joke around about that stuff. And then when I'm in a dating scenario or like just meeting someone like, no, I don't want you to like make a joke about my tits. Like it's context. And like, that's also what I do professionally. And it doesn't immediately give you permission to talk about sexual things with me. Like I didn't give you that consent, you know? Mm. Um, So that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing as, you know, comedians. And that's hard too, because like one, I'm not a comedian, nor have I ever played one on television. Um, and I did play an evil male nurse though on another world. That's true. <laughs> I love that. Um, so 
I don't know if that is relevant, but it felt important to disclose. <laughs> it's somebody's it another world. I know that. But um, the what? but but like that, like your positions as female comedians who do you know sexual type mm. content, like how the world responds to you is so much different than how mm. it responds to me. And, mm. and for the men listening to be able to start to understand that, especially women in, in the world around in the sex positive world and whatnot, like how shitty the world is. Like, I don't get doxxed and death threats and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm a six foot, tall 260 pound white guy with a couple of black belts from back when I was actually flexible. So it's like, like the world does not seem as dangerous to me. Um, that Kristen's doing, Kirsten's doing the thing with the leg again, freaking me out, man. <laughs> I want to see a full camera shot of that. Cause you've got a fake fucking leg over there. I know it. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't be able to move your body like that in front of a zoom camera. That, so, that I just like drink out of it. Wow. <laughs> but again, like this is the stuff that so many men don't get and they don't they they haven't started scratching the surface about rape culture and and mm. patriarchal bullshit and like for the guys out there who are listening like when you start to figure some of this out you really can show up and be safer. Yes. For women and for the guys out there who are listening who want to get laid a lot, there is a way to do it and be really great as a human being and not be oh. taking advantage of people. And and it's complex to start to really understand it and untangle it and then figure out where you stand in this. Um, it It is. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on this because I have, you know, I've played with some BDSM and it's such a, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is about. Um, it's called a clitoris and it's generally Oh, speaking. thank you. Is okay. that what that I is? Did, I didn't mean to mansplain. I'm sorry. Oh, I will, I will let you continue. This little button on top of my my labia <laughs> that sends like a lightning bolt. Is that that's what that is? I think so. I've never found I've it. I've been avoiding before. it. I've been avoiding it. Um, <laughs> no, but this and I think you you hit the nail on the head with the word like safety. You, I, in any sexual situation, there has to be a baseline of safety, and that's like sexual health wise. Yes. But like emotional and as a human being, like, listen, I could have just met you in a fucking bar and had one drink with you, but there's still a way to establish a baseline of safety so that we can have fun together. And I think that, you know, like with all the deconstruction and untangling and stuff, like I have kind of even, I think there's a little piece of myself that like I've, I've enjoyed BDSM before. I've enjoyed Mm -hmm. rough sex. Like I like that, like kind of aggressive, um, dominant uh, energy from my partner. And I've realized that in some of those situations and in some of who I was maybe before a shit ton of therapy, I actually 
felt more comfortable when I didn't feel safe, that there was like a rush that I was Mm -hmm. getting sexually by feeling a little bit unsafe Mm -hmm. and that it was recreating a circumstance for me that was familiar and that I was unconsciously recreating that. So it's like, I don't know if, if everybody is doing that kind of work before they go and say, like, I like BDSM and I'm a dominant man. It's like, are you? Have you really broken that down for yourself? Do you really know why that is? Or, you know, because I've definitely experienced a lot of men that it's just a cover story for being abusive, Mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah. being like, no, that was BDSM. And it's like, no, that was sadistic, actually. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. that. No, it's yeah. really well. I mean, thank you for speaking to that. And I think there's whenever you start, like, I'm going to make a comedian analogy, and I'm sorry ahead of time. Can't but wait. <laughs> for people, I'm imagining that for people who get you know, kind of drawn into comedy, it was a lot easier to, to be funny, I'm doing air quotes, when you didn't actually know anything about the craft because you didn't have to start deconstructing and reassembling like what a good joke is and what a good like routine mm. is. Mm-hmm. And then once you start to learn a little bit, you're kind of fucked because you're like a movie director who can't just go to the movies anymore and just watch a fucking mm. movie because you can't not mm-hmm. see the editing choices and the camera angles and the things that are happening. And so- as you start to untangle these things, like the ignorance is bliss, which is also ignorance is, you know, probably going to be traumatizing at times. But like, like until you start unpacking this stuff, it was easier not to know anything and just kind of wing it 100%. and hope for the best. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But once you start to realize you need to unpack this stuff, then it's, you know, insert your favorite movie, Dark Knight of the Soul, third act. Like you have to do the rest of the work. But if you can mm-hmm. do the rest of the work and you don't quit and you can hang out with people who are also doing the work on the other side of that dark forest is a fucking Shangri-La of awesome. Mm. And it's rewarding, but it's yeah. fucking sucks. Like I, I stepped down from teaching for a year because some people in the sex ed community came forward and were like, dude, there's some shit you're doing that's fucking harming people and we need you to stop. And so like, I was like, okay. And I had thought as a slut, at some point, somebody, I must have missed some cue or fucked up something. And I had thought about how I would want to react and, and approach that. And so, you know, I was lucky enough to have people in the restorative justice movement and transformational justice movement to, you know, who believed in me and we did a whole fucking process and I hope it made the world a better place. And it was, it was fucking tough and it sucked. And, and for folks who want to find out about it, go to uh tinyurl.com read account forward slash read accountability. Cause we made it a public blog and all the things, but like, that's a, a whole other thing that we're not talking about with sex is like, how do you show up for harm? If people feel like mm. shit didn't go well and like, so we're winging it, hoping everything works out. And then it's my belief that the reason so many people just react just fucking shittily 
when it comes to harm is like, that's a whole other thing we're not talking about. And like mm. really thinking about like, how do you leave the campsite better than you found it? If that's mm. where your values are when it comes to sex and understanding that sex and life is a learning curve. And if you learn how to do something better two weeks from now, it meant two weeks ago you were fucking it up and, and like not to oversimplify these things, but like sex and humanity and people are complex and the things that you are finding hardest to talk about is probably because of how you were raised, not because you shouldn't really be talking about these things. Mm -hmm. And mm. like, and again, I'll just say it like for the guys that are listening, if you go down these rabbit holes and do this work, I'm not guaranteeing you pussy will rain down upon you, but <laughs> Talk but to the might. women in your lives about how shitty the world is for them. And then, you know, the bar is low to be a better man when it comes to mm. sex. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, well said. I mean, sometimes I, I date guys and when I like acknowledge like, you know, things that they do, they're like, wow, the bar is so low. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I went on a date with a porn star once and he goes, man, it sounds like the bar is so low. It's just kind of like a like a broomstick rolling around on the floor. And I was like, yes, yes, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what a did perfect he pull, analogy. Pull out your Thank chair you for or that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think yeah, he like he pulled, pulled out, out my chair, chair and, and like, like and like and I was like, thank you so much. And he was like, what the fuck? Really? Like and yeah. I was like. Yeah. Or like a guy recently, he was like 27 years old. He made a dinner reservation at a high-end oh. Japanese restaurant. And I was like, thank you so much. And he was like, well, for what? And I was like, wow. <laughs> like being, being, yeah, being a, a, a gentleman. That was nice. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> We've reached the portion of the podcast where we do the big deck energy cards. Oh, I'm intimidated. <gasps> what does this even mean? We have a very high tech deck of cards. Whoa, <laughs> very high. That very is high big tech. tech. They're from Staples. Very, very. Uh, th Damn. Th <laughs> the production yeah. quality on this show is top notch. <laughs> Thank you. We've upgraded. Yeah, yeah. We've even totally. upgraded. We're, yeah, we're selling them on our Etsy store. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, we really so, we should sell the original deck. <laughs> my God, <laughs> for so much money. It's nostalgic. Um, it's a collector's item. All right. So this is it's where we NFT. take back. We yes. Oh my God, seriously. We take back words like pussy horse, slut, cunt, bitch, things like that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like a tarot reading. So tell me when to stop. No. Uh. Uh, Don't move. Uh, uh, Stop squeezing. Uh, uh, don't even look at me. Look away. Stop hurt. Your eyes. Wow. What We're going to need to clean up in aisle seven. <laughs> and eight. Um, I just have to say that um, I... 
have a new joke. Uh, you'll be hearing about it in the the next show, Kirsten. Uh, you haven't right. heard it yet. I did go on a date with a 27 year old recently who had testicular cancer. Um, <gasps> he's okay. Um, okay. Of course, me being the asshole that I am, I was like, oh, "How many balls do you have?" Um, and Joel. Um, <laughs> You know, in my own sweet way. I was like, I'm sorry. How many balls do you have? Um, but then the best part was that he said, you know, oh, it has some benefits. I can't get you pregnant. I said, great, cool. Obviously, I'd be using condoms anyway. Um, and then he goes, and when I come, nothing comes out. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> I was that's like, that's an ideal nice. situation. I was like, that's okay. a job without the blow. Yeah. I think I've okay. found my species. <laughs> it's very niche. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, so, what did dear Reed yes. pick? Reed picked whore. Of course he did. The mm. definition of whore, you got upright whore. So you are a person who enjoys pleasure and celebrates it. Yeah, that that checks. Um, The upright definition is you are a sexual being. You know who and what you want and you get it. There is no wrong amount of nuts, cream pies, and squirts. Oh my, watch out world, this bitch is coming. You know how to fulfill a fantasy for yourself and your lucky ass lovers. What a whore you are and we love to see it. Wow, I don't think we've gotten that one yet. No, remember we did with Daniel and he had a whole and thing about like, horror. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was like, yeah, he was triggered. It's fine. Yeah. He had a yeah. whole like patriarchal, you know, reaction to it, which is completely fine. Yeah. Well, I, uh, how am I supposed to respond to this? Is there, is there, however you want. However you like. Well, what, I do, I, for, I do, what, as what, somebody what? who has done sex work, I do identify as a whore. Not every, yep. every sex worker uses that word, but yeah, I'm a, mm. I'm a whore. I'm a whore. So we're good. Way yeah. to go, big deck energy. Yeah. And oh, you have you get an affirmation as well. Mm. I am a fucking whore. Sex is waiting for me. I just need to take it consensually, of course. I freely and joyfully share my body. My sexual energy is my creative energy. I manifest more pleasure in my life by allowing myself to experience and co-create it in body, mind, and soul. Oh, feels very feels very fitting for this episode. Yeah. Actually. Oh my god. Perfect. Yeah. It's always the it's, perfect it's, card. It really is. It's very much like tarot, where it's like, oh my god, this is the perfect card. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering which one he would pull, and duh, uh, four. Mm, uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah. Um. Have you have you had sex workers on the show yet? Like who specifically been- to to talk about sex work? We've had people who have done sex work uh, mm-hmm. or involved. Like we had Billy Prestita, who also mm-hmm. uh, organizes gangbangs and, you know, has an OnlyFans. And I don't know if he refers to himself as a sex worker, but he does sex work. Um, mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot I of thi- different ways to think about right, sex Right. There's work different too, right? expressions. Yeah. Sure. And then I think Andrea Allen has definitely done some some work with mm-hmm. her feet. Yes, I believe she has an OnlyFans or we Patreon. We had Jack. Oh, yeah. Jack oh, we had Jack the Stripper. Strippers. My former. Oh, we had Jack the Jack. Stripper. Yeah, we had Jack, my former comedy partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's a retired stripper. Yep. And 
That's who wonderful. comes to mind. Ah. But yeah. Um, cool. We could talk to you forever. I love you so much. I love you too, I'm Rachel. for you. Kirsten, it was so yes. much fun meeting you this way. Yeah. Super um, fun. I hope I get to meet you out west sometime. So yeah. let's recapture for the listeners where they can find you and what you would like to uh, end this with. Uh, so because of the topic of the show, go to readaboutsex.com forward slash elevator. Share that with all your friends. Um, so you can learn more about the safer sex elevator speech. Uh, yeah, it's, it's at read about sex pretty much everywhere. REID about sex, um, for sex positive professionals, educators. I do run a summer camp called sex geek summer camp. And they can find out more about that retreat at sexgeeksummercamp.com. And that's for sex positive professionals for us to nerd out on business and media and like how to help more people by reaching more people and paying your bills. Mm. Oh, and maybe you should have the boss bitch show be your entertainment. Well, I mean. Entertainment. <laughs> entertainment. Yes. Well, we do have the talent show at the last night of camp. And we have a 200, 300, 250 foot or 350 foot slip and slide at camp. And you have not lived as an adult until you've gone down a slip and slide naked. Ah, that sounds great. Yeah, Do I have to jump and land on the ground though? You better hold them titties. Like that might hurt me. I'll be at the very end. (laughs) I'll give you such a soft landing. I'll be at the end. So soft. (laughs) Well, stop it with the feet, not the feet, not the feet. Ah. 